goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. And who are we? Well, I'm Simon, and this is Greg, the office jester. Together we're Cinemate Films, Scottish-based wedding filmmakers, and we've teamed up with Photography Farm to bring you six special episodes in anticipation of Thrive 2023, an all-star wedding photography workshop taught by six phenomenal mentors. This episode is, of course, sponsored by With Jack, but I'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Greg, who are we talking to today? We are talking to Jody DC Mitchell. Jody, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Hello, thank you very much. I'm so sorry. We I had to do the intro um, once, twice, three times, <laughs> a lady. But <laughs> I'm clearly off my mind today. <laughs> I'm so sorry, people. Uh, it's also a hundred degrees in this room. Um, but yes, thank you, Jody, for bearing with me. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's actually nice to to speak to someone of the the same caliber. And I'm sorry that you need to lower yourself to talking to this Greg. Let's cut to him and see his face. Look at him. Ugh, what's wrong with me? A man over there, uh, what I like to call a lower tier individual with only two names. <laughs> Not like us, Jody, with our four names. We're way better than him. So, um, yeah, sorry, Greg. <laughs> However, Joy, you are, uh, as you say on your website, a crazy cat lady, a tea mm. lover, and uh, I'm an indie music obsessionist. So, what's your tea of choice, and what are you listening to right now? So, I am a classic English breakfast tea gal. Mm. Fairly boring, but it's a classic. I can't not have one in my hand at any given moment. Um, and what I'm listening to at the moment is The Academic's new album. Um, and also, I'm still trying to learn to love Arctic Monkeys' album. I'm trying my hardest. Still trying? Is it? Is it I'm still trying. I've it, got tickets to see them in July, June, but... So, yeah, so you're, a, you're a fan, not. but you just don't like the new album? Yeah. Right. Mm. See, I've I'm never, trying. I've just never really got into them. Never... Never gave them time. Did you just I've never not gave them enough to time. Music mm. in the like early 2000s. I think I kind of intentionally didn't listen to them because they were so popular. I was trying to be cool. <laughs> oh, Too much and I failed. I failed miserably. <laughs> Fair enough. I actually don't like them either. They're just not my not my flavor. Not my flavor band. But um, you know, each to their own. Each to their own. I have a lovely gig when it comes. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. So people. other than like singing to your cat and trying to get into Arctic Monkeys, what else have you been up to recently? <laughs> um, well, I've had a bit of a break from weddings. I've had seven weeks of no weddings. So I've just been like laying down. It's been beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the first time you've actually had to sit up just to come into the podcast? <laughs> Sit up, put some makeup on, pretend I know how to socialise. Yeah. <laughs> so is that uh, is that the aftermath of a crazy twenty twenty two? 
Yeah, it was my first year as a full-time wedding photographer and it was intense. So mm. I think I did, for me, weirdly, it was like autumn that was busiest for me rather than the summer. So September, October, November were all just absolutely rammed. So mm. yeah, this has been my first chance to actually like breathe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, this is a question that we always like to ask our guests. How are your bookings looking for... How, how are your bookings looking forward to this year, next year? Are they the same as usual or have, you know, have your clients or potential clients buying, you know, schedules changed at all? So I am fully booked for this year. Um, I've cut my weddings down a little bit. So I'm only doing 35. I say only. I'm doing 35 this year. <laughs> yeah. Having done 41 last year, not doing that ever again. Woofed. Um, yeah. But I've got a few booked for 2024, but I'm happy to take that a little bit slower than like getting myself too booked too quickly. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Good. Yeah, that's, that's what's good. most important. Yeah. yeah. So mm. tell, us, tell us a bit about your photography style. How would you describe it? So what I always say to my clients is I'm a sort of like sneak around, hide in a bush sort of photographer. Oh, you're a Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. It is. It's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm usually lurking somewhere, not very in your face, um, but also just quite like vibrant and just sort of a little bit darker, but still bright and interesting mm -hmm. what are your what are your general like influences in terms of like photography is uh, do you take influences from the wedding industry or are you more like film or art or yeah. i think very much other photographers inspire me like um in particular like a blend of becca carpenter and natalie J. weddings like the way they are both really vibrant but quite different mm -hmm. i sort of like to smush them yeah rebecca carpenter getting all the love on these podcasts i yeah. swear yeah that's <laughs> no, just massive fangirls for her <laughs> just massive yeah that's why she's back for a second year in a row that's right yeah that's right <laughs> absolutely so what when you are sort of creating an image at a wedding, what's what's important to you? Is it the emotion, the light? How how do you balance all these things? So my priority is always making sure my couples are as relaxed as possible and are actually enjoying themselves. Like it's not for me. It's not about me. Um, as much as I love getting like the shot that I go home and be like. Oh my God, I'm really excited about this shot. <laughs> if they're having a laugh, if they're having 10 minutes to themselves where they can like decompress from a mental wedding day, that's like, that's my priority. Mm. When you're taking an image then, what do you look for on the day? Like, are you, is your mind constantly thinking like, where's the light going to be? Or are you just waiting for emotional moments? Like what goes through your head even before you, you know, you push the sharp button? Yeah, definitely the emotion. Like as much as I love like getting the golden hour shot, it's not always possible, especially if you're doing like 
winter weddings where it's hammering it down, which was the last like <laughs> three, four of my weddings last year. Oh, it's just getting them together and getting that real connection out of them. Mm. I don't, th- I don't think we really covered. You said last year was your first full year as a like full, full, full time. Did you say? Yeah, um, went full time in March last year. Right. So had you been dabbling part time before that? How long have you been shooting for? So I've been shoot. I decided that I would become a wedding photographer in 2020. So that went really well. It's <laughs> all your fault. <laughs> really well. Um, so I actually started shooting weddings in 2021. Um, so works alongside my full-time SEO job, um, just shooting weekends and not sleeping or eating or having fun. Um, so then by the time March last year came around, I was pretty much fully booked for last year. And I was like, you know, it's time to, it's time to just quit my job so I can actually sleep. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. So fairly new to the industry then. So what's your, what's your feelings on the wedding industry and wedding photography in particular? Oh, I just bloody love it really. Um, it's just, it's all just really, everyone's so like supportive and they're just cheerleaders for each other. I was quite nervous about going self-employed from working in an office for the last six years because I was suddenly like, oh my God, I'm going to be on my own all the time. Like it's going to be really lonely, but it's really not like you, they might all be internet friends that you've never met in real life, but they're still friends that are all just like messaging each other and cheering you on, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. What was it that kept you going through the pandemic with wedding photography? Like, is it, is it the money? Is it the, like getting rid of the nine to five like what, what keeps you coming back and, and pushing forward? It was definitely the goal of getting rid of my nine to five, having that freedom, that sort of like choice of how and when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Like obviously starting off in 2020, there wasn't any money for me to earn. So <laughs> that didn't really play a part. It was definitely getting that freedom and just being able to work for myself. Mm-hmm. When we were speaking to Taylor Jackson, he mentioned that uh, what he loves about wedding photography is the kind of, uh, it it inverts the nine to five, which, I mean, we talk about that on the podcast, how it's like, why why am I always so busy? <laughs> like, okay, it's not nine to five. It's like fucking all day, 24 seven, every waking minute. Like, do you, do you, are you the same? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm more of a, I'm very much a night out so I'm sort of a I'll get up at like nine ten, mm-hmm. and then I'll work from like 12 till 10 11 o'clock at night but that's like I wouldn't have been able to do that when I worked in an office so I'm happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally so again it's kind of a question that we've been asking all of our guests recently um, and it's been quite interesting how they've been answering it when you're booked for a wedding and you're on a wedding day, especially because you mentioned, you know, you're getting really excited when you get the shot. Who do you shoot for? 
do you tend to shoot more for your clients or do you tend to shoot more for yourself? And I just want to reiterate something. There's no right or wrong to this. I don't want people listening to be like, well, I'm all about the client because that's what counts. They give me the money because, you know, swings and roundabouts and all that. So go. Depends on the venue for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. If it's like, obviously I'm always shooting for the client, but if it's like a venue that I'm like, shit, I've been excited about this one for months. I'm like, right. I need, I need some content for me that I can put on the gram, blog the shit out of, mm. so I can come back here, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, so would you say you're still kind of portfo- portfolio building to an, to, to, to an extent? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever stop portfolio building just because I'm still learning. You're always sort of changing evolving as you shoot so there's always something new to show off really yeah yeah i get that i get that yeah it's interesting because obviously we've been speaking to people who have been in the industry for a while so they're they're what what we're finding is their go-to answer is kind of oh the client but i know a lot of our listeners who are new people who are going to thrive are going to be like "I i just don't have that portfolio so it's interesting to hear you know, the different points of view, the different perspectives, mm-hmm. shall I say. Uh, talking about perspective, here's our plug. If you want more perspective content, you can support us on YouTube. I didn't write the address on my notes, but hang on. It's youtube.com forward slash at perspective by Cinemate. That's it. That's that's it. Yes. Got it in one. And Greg, did you know where... Um, we're sponsored by with Jack. I did. Cool. Here's our uh, pre-recorded message of that. Hey, Ashley. Hey, I'm Ashley from with Jack. I'm one of the sponsors of the Perspective podcast. With Jack helps to keep photographers in business by supporting them financially and legally if they have problems with a client or they make a mistake in their work. We've all had that fear of our CF card or our hard drive failing and losing important photos. You can find out more at withjack.co.uk. Head over there and find out how we can help you be a confident creative. You know, it's funny, Jody, when we were just about to push the button, uh, I was talking to Greg about how we don't really talk about our general lives at the moment. We've kind of just put that to one side. We certainly aren't talking about what we're drinking anymore, as our listeners might have noticed. But what's, what's your just general like self? You know, what do you do as a person who's not working 24 seven as I, <laughs> as I said, like, do you, what are your hobbies? Let's get, let's get to know you outside of the office. There's a life outside of the office. Um, <laughs> on on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do I do? I'm a bit of a gamer. Um, so. Oh, sh- oh shit. Now you've just unleashed that. Me too. What, what, what console are you at? Uh, PS5 and a Switch. Oh, are you excited for the VR headset? The VR2? Are you that kind of gamer? No, I'd be a danger to myself and others. <laughs> I'm, That's how great I'm too clumsy. I'm not aware of my surroundings. 
Wait, actually, maybe I should cancel your pre-order because you're quite clumsy as well, Simon. <laughs> that is true. I've had to give up several hobbies just because I just fall over all the time. So yeah, yeah maybe, actually, maybe. Um, right, yeah, so, saying sh- that, I do do pole fitness. Is like the, There's a pole in the background. Um, mm. And yeah, I have to try not to die quite hard every time I'm up there. Yeah. Right, is it like bolted in to the ceiling and floor? Because... I mean, obviously, I've been on TikTok. I've, really. seen all the, I've seen all the accidents happen. <laughs> no, I just have to hope that it doesn't come down with me. Yeah. Um, we used to have someone in the office, um, a photographer friend of ours called Susie Lee, and she took up pole fitness, and it looks incredible. What a workout for, like, your core, yeah. I mean, your upper body. Like, do you, do you find it's, like, particularly difficult or... Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> but you can do it for an hour, and then you're just like, I don't need to move again for the week. So, <laughs> wow, it's fine. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair, but yeah, the um, you know, it's funny. You don't see a lot of men doing pole fitness. No. What about that? Is yeah, that's sad. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So you're a gamer. Your PS Five. What what games are you playing at the moment? Um, so we are currently playing through the Yakuza series. Ah, yes. So we are on the last one. Very excited about the new ones coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, also in particularly excited about the Resi 4 remake coming out soon. You know, I'm not a horror game fan, but I, I, they've been doing so well with the remakes, um, for Resi Evil. I might actually pick this up because yeah, they've been doing really well, so. Yeah, it's very camp, so I'm not sure how horrible it is anyway. <laughs> so I think you'll be right. Yeah, cool. Ah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. What have you been up to, Greg? That's another thing we don't really... We, we just talked to our guests, but I don't talk to you. How are I, you doing, Greg? I'm good. I actually had quite an eventful weekend. Oh, did you? I had a child-free day and night in Edinburgh. You had a child-free day yeah. and night in Edinburgh? Yeah. Well, just yourself? No. <laughs> Claire surprised me to a night out in Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, how nice. How we romantic. Whiskey tasting at Johnny Walker's. I'm sorry, you went what? Whiskey cake. <laughs> <laughs> the effects of the whiskey are still lingering. Oh, whiskey what? tasting at Johnny Body. Walker's. Uh-huh. And then we went to a fancy dinner at Taste of Tattoo. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know it, but it sounds... sounds we found a speakeasy bar where... Looks like a barber's from the outside, <gasps> and then you go inside, yes. and go down through a bookcase, and you're in a cool bar. Is it as good as it looks? Weird cocktails. Mm. Like, yeah, it was really good. Did you go there because Gunzi said that? No, was he there recently? Not recently, but he went with his girlfriend and maybe the band. I'm not quite sure, but what was it called again? Pandan Sons. Pandan Sons. Yes, excellent. Good times. It was good. Good times. Yeah. How was your weekend? Um, my weekend, how was my weekend? What did I do? I can't remember what I did. My head's been all into getting back to training again. So, I'm looking forward to the PlayStation VR 2 when it comes out. I got my, I got my money taken out, my, out of my account, which it's a, it's a hefty, it's a hefty price to pay, but I'm excited about it. Anyway, I know Lisa Devlin's been like, guys, this is for Thrive. <laughs> get back onto the topic I'm sorry Lisa you're absolutely right um, <laughs> before we do get on to talking about your talk Jory 
Greg, did you know, and I read this on Jody's website, a huge 62% of users will be disregarded because they can't be found online. So a well-optimized website is crucial. Jody, why is having a well-optimized website crucial for the success of your business? Because people don't really trust you anymore if you don't have like a website that's easily found, somewhere they can like look up stuff, somewhere they can find out about you. If you're just, I don't know, a phone number these days, it seems a bit, a little bit dodgy. A little bit dodgy. That's absolutely right. And not just because you look like Greg <laughs> and me. <laughs> I've got a website. I'm not dodgy. I've got a website. You do have a website. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. We both also, do. Also, I assume if your website's optimized and people can find you, that'll be able to help you if you're struggling with bookings. So like we said at some point today, people are finding it. A lot of people aren't fully booked like yourself and they're finding this year a bit slower. So how how can optimizing your website help with that? So there are a couple of ways that optimizing your website in different kinds of ways can help. So if you're looking to get more like local bookings, like bookings around your area, if you don't want to travel too far, you can do some local SEO optimizations, including things like Google My Business that everyone will have seen at some point on the internet. So if you ever like look up your local supermarket times, that like section down the side that's all Google My Business comes up in like Google map searches, things like that. So really help people around you find you and discover your business. Mm. Um, and then just generally optimizing your website is going to help you start popping up for those keywords that you want to be known for, that you want to attract customers that are searching for that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And in case people are wondering why we're talking about SEO with a wedding photographer, it's because Jody has spent the last six years studying this. Stud- study is studying the, wor- working as an SEO. Or God, SEO pers- SEOR. Yeah. <laughs> SEOR, yeah. So that didn't sound right when I was saying it back in my head. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, Jody is is. I mean, I I really hope. I mean, this is what ten years ago, maybe when you'd be like forcing keywords into a sense. So I'm like, I'm a wedding video filmmaker in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Scotland based video person. And I love making wedding videos and films. YouTube's going to love the captions for this. (laughs) (laughs) Is it, is it still like that? Do do people, do people still do it? it. Oh God, Um, please. Uh, Well, is it, is it a good thing? to still do or no other, right okay Google, tell us tell Google us Jody. will penalize you Go. basically it wants you to it's it picks up on that quite quickly that people were playing the system and just writing the same word over and over again some people used to put it in white on a white background and just yes. fill up the background of oh. their websites with words yeah. Um, you don't have to see it, but Google would. Um, <laughs> that, so yeah, that's a massive no these days. Um, okay. They basically just want you to write for humans. 
Uh-huh. Like they, they know Google is smart enough to know now if you're writing to like appease the machines. Mm-hmm. So write for people, please. <laughs> I actually had, so I, I remember back when we were really starting to think about like making our website into more of a, like a web do you, do you remember this getting, I don't want to say the name of it, of the photographer, but he came into the office and he had a look through the websites. And what he was basically doing was kind of what you just mentioned about the text in white, right at the bottom of the website, same color as the background, I think, was it? Anyway, you do Barcelona and you'd create a site, a, a page on your website and you'd fill it out with very similar to, very similar text, a couple of images generic images and then you would move on and you'd fill out all the metadata and then you would do the next one for the next location you wanted to shoot i want to shoot in greece so you do greece put greece down there at the bottom of your website in white same color as your background fill out a very similar thing like is that the thing that you would get penalized for now like kind of making like i described your website into like this web does that work? I have told so many people off for this now. Oh, <laughs> see, I didn't so, know the thing. So, yeah, I, it's a very outdated way of doing things. It's it's different if you're making it into like a really helpful, in depth guide about like a certain location where you've shot before and you know all the best places to do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're just saying. Berkshire wedding photographer and then listing out like all the different towns in Berkshire <laughs> with links to different things. It's just, no, please don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Could, could people still do that with the, like pretending they were knowledgeable? Like say, say I knew a travel blogger. Could I just co- and I, I'm not saying to do this and I've never done this. Don't do this, please. <laughs> I would go to a traveler, uh, a travel blogger's website. I'd be like, oh yeah, this is very helpful. Blah, 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 blah. I'll put some photography related stuff in it. I'll copy the text. I'll put it in my website and it'll be like, I've written a helpful blog for say Greece or wherever. Like, is that, is that super well one other than the copyright morally is yeah, that wrong. bad <laughs> <laughs> yes morally is that no morally it is bad but is that bad for your website plagiarism is bad kids um, <laughs> <laughs> yes um but yeah there's duplicate content is also a bad thing um so google just wants everything to be as unique as possible so don't copy people but you could just copy and th- throw it through an AI processor, right? Oh God, people don't do this, please. I know I'm giving people ideas. I know. <laughs> I know I am. I'm sorry. I am a bad influence. Don't do drugs and don't plagiarize, please. <laughs> <sighs> what What would you say is probably the biggest mistake that people make nowadays with their SEO? Is it is it still keyword stuffing or... Is there other mistakes yeah, that people are making? Yeah, keyword stuffing on a page that's got like a hundred words on it, and then about fifty links to other really <laughs> empty pages. Mm-hmm. It's always like the triple whammy of all of those things happening at once. <laughs> yeah. So how how do people? Do, in fact, have I written any questions about how we can improve our SEO? Maybe I have. Yes, I have. I'll tell you what. Let's talk. 
Let's talk about your talk for Thrive, which is titled Creating Content to Build Your Brand. I suppose the question would be, why is creating content important for a brand? That's a very broad question. It is. Um, so answer how yeah. you like. So without content, no one's going to, you're not going to have a brand, basically. Um, creating content to build your brand, it really helps to like get your personality across and sell you instead of just my photography services. Mm. Um, so if you're like really like alternative very indie wedding photographer um doing all the like cool emo weddings there's so much different content you can create around that sort of thing i've seen people create like blog posts with spotify playlists in it and that's always a really cool thing to do it just sets you apart and then mm. there's a whole different matter of getting that found online as well yeah, yeah, I'm just wondering, is, this might be just a totally different thing altogether, but I remember we used to be in the same, uh, what's that guy, the potter's name? Jo, jo, Jono. Jono Smart. He said he used to sell pottery items. And the way he did it was to do a sale at a very specific time. He'd like batch all of his stuff and he'd do a one sale and it would all sell out very quickly. Now, Greg, you might know this more than I, because I wasn't following his social media, but was he creating a lot of content? And is that how he created the buzz of this is when you buy? Uh, I think it was, yeah. But he had a massive following from sort of previous, like he built up a big following. So it meant that when he announced there's a shop going online at X date and X time, there was a queue of people waiting to join that shop. Right. So yes, he needed to create content to promote the shop that was coming, mm. but he had a good following that were waiting to buy his stuff as well. Right. Okay. So that was more of a, a, a sales tactic yeah. on the sale end. Not right. Okay. Sorry, Jody. I just had to clarify that with Greg. Uh, well, I suppose in terms of like building content then, have you noticed any content that's particularly popular for when for wedding photographers and even filmmakers in particular? Because you go on TikTok and dance videos are really popular, but I know a lot of photographers who just can't dance <laughs> or don't don't even want to. So, what content? <laughs> what content should we all be making, and why, and where? So. I find that the most popular like content types are always like really helpful guides on how to do stuff because a lot of the time with our wedding clients or prospective clients, they've never done this before and they don't know the ins and outs like we do. So things like how to get the best confetti shots, how to make your group shots as quick and painless as possible how to get the best like prep morning shots all stuff like that that they would never have ever considered from our perspective it's always really really helpful mm. 
Yeah. And would you, so when we were talking to Lily and Vic on their episode, they were talking about how they focus a lot on creating content for their website because that's the one thing they own. They don't own their Instagram or whatever because Instagram could shut down or change their algorithm or anything. So do you agree that creating with mainly your website as the sort of main channel is a good strategy? A hundred percent. Like Lillian Vick said, it's the only thing that you own. Um, and it's such like a longer term strategy. It's longer form content. So if you create blog posts or like written content, you can then so easily repurpose that later down the line for your Instagram carousels, your reels, your TikToks, all of that. It can all be taken from that one piece that's always going to be there. And does the content that we make should that be a focus for us with regards to the SEO workflow that we should all have? Like, you know, with like you create content and then you enter the metadata into images or things like that. Is that, is that, is that, does that help us push our brand? Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Um, So there's, Basically, where it's been ingrained into my mind, I've always got this like mental checklist when I'm creating online content. So things like, yeah, SEO title, meta description, H1s, all your other H tags, alt text for images and well-optimized images are so important, especially with photographers or videographers. It's so important Um, just because... Google image search exists as well as normal search. So if you can get your images ranking, more eyes. And that's the goal, really. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple of like tools out there. So for people that are on WordPress, there's Yoast that I know so many people love, which I use as well, just as like a visual checklist to make sure I'm ticking everything off as I go. Um, So yeah, things like that are really, really helpful when you're writing. Mm. Yeah. So that's... I mean, everybody should just be writing all those things down, that checklist that you just said <laughs> and checking them all off as well. But <laughs> if, if they're not going to do all of that because it seems too intimidating, what's, what's one thing that people can do to start implementing like more SEO into their actual workflow? What, what would the first step be? Ooh, um, write good content make sure it's long it's at least 300 words because that's the like minimum threshold to not be flagged as thin content by google right um Ah, so make sure the content is there to be ranked um and then at least sort out your page title and your meta description as those are the two sentences that you see on the Google results page. So those will be your first impressions before people ever even click on. Mm. What do you think photographers struggle with then in terms of building their brand? You know, I'm just going to, yeah, I was going to follow that with some more, but I just want to keep that kind of as open as possible because I know a lot of us out there are going to have our different issues. So, and maybe, Mm. maybe you've got a particular way of answering this question. I'm not sure. I think knowing what people are targeting or what you want to target 
Uh-huh. So when I, I do um, SEO site audits and when I do, I send a questionnaire out to people and ask what keywords they want to target. And a lot of the time they just say, wedding photography. Mm-hmm. So that is so broad. It's so wide and competitive that you'd sort of need to nail it down. Yeah. The thing is, when you think about like on Instagram or just on your socials, people are always like, I'm a laid back natural documentary photo or I'm an editorial luxury photographer. Like they do know what they're aiming for. But when it comes to like their website, they go, they cast the net as wide as they possibly can, which isn't necessarily the best thing for it. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think, um, sorry, two seconds. Did you have a look at what that flashing red record button means, Greg? I can't find a definitive answer. It might mean that the drive's (laughs) starting to fill up or that there's been a dropped frame, which might have stopped it recording. Which might have stopped it recording. Well, that's terrible. I was was trying to do this discreetly, so... I know. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, Jody. (laughs) We've not encountered the flashing red record sign, but it's never good when buttons start flashing at you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to keep talking so that Greg can do a little bit of research on this flashing red light. <laughs> Let's hope it's still recording, though. That would be good, right, Greg? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. At least you'll have the audio version of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I came across this uh, little tip for people who are, like, um, struggling with what kind of content to to create. You know, because it's like, what? There's just so much, so much content you can create. And uh, a, a little, a little tip that I found. I can't remember where I found it. I came across it the other day. It was to Google something similar like, "What do I look for in a wedding photographer?" Right? Something random into into Google, and then you just scroll down, and then you get to a section of Google where it says, "People also ask." And there's a whole array, a whole array of questions that people commonly don't know the answer to. Well, there, if you're struggling with content, education for your potential clients, you've got all a whole array of questions there that you can make videos and answer. And I just thought, huh, never really thought about it before. And maybe our listeners have thought about that before. Maybe. Um, but I hadn't, so if you hadn't either, that's quite cool. And I'm only saying that because Greg and I are really starting to think about, you know, obviously we've got this brand new studio. Um, how do we implement creating more content using said studio uh, so that we're not wasting money and all that kind of stuff? So I don't know. Have you ever done that, Jody, before? Like, yeah, yeah you have? Such a good tip. So where did it come? Where did I hear it? Was it, has it? Has it been- I don't know. It's something I've done for years. It's something like all SEOs, it's our like little secret weapon. We're like, oh, what do we do now? Um, that, oh, no, uh, I'm giving away all your secrets. Sorry. I know. Stop, stop exposing us. Sorry. Uh, we're meant to be the experts. It's all a secret. Uh, <laughs> that and Answer the Public, which is another really good tool that does something similar. Uh-huh. So you put, pop in like wedding photography and it will list out and separate all the different questions and like queries people are asking about 
wedding photography and it'll break it down into like who, when, how, where, why, and then like loads of other different things. So you can look up all the frequently asked questions, all the different topics people are talking about. It's a really good way to find content ideas through that. Hell yeah. I love that, by the way. That's like, because I know a lot of people struggle with it. I know a lot of people do. I'm one of them. Um, in fact, I've just been going through our planly, just like posting, you know, making sure every day there's something on Instagram. I am wondering though, Jory, uh, you were talking about the 300 words kind of thin, what was that? Thin content? What, yes. What, what did you call it again? That, that is what I called it, thin content. Thin content. All right, great. Um, yeah. You know, when you, when I, I, like I spent a whole day just adding days in. And I'm in June or July. And now, I, like, I was getting to the point where I was like, anyone going on a Sunday walk? Question mark <laughs> with, a, with a nice shot of people walking, uh, you know, after a wedding ceremony down the tunnel or, you know, that kind of general thing. Is this bad? I mean, one, I know I need to do better because it's not very engaging content. I know it's more like we're here. We're here. We're here. Don't forget we're here. Which, is that beneficial for our brand? Can I interrupt? Oh God, yes. I think it's... Oh no. I think it indicates that it's dropping frames so it's not recording rightly. Rightly? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, so maybe we want to stop that. Okay. Quickly pop it in for a second. Sorry, Jody. Let's have an intermission. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes later. Yeah, so we were talking about how I'm writing Instagram, I'm posting an image. It's a nice image, even though I'm a filmmaker, I realize it's a still from our films. Um, but the written content is lacking. Is this an issue for our brand? Or is it is it beneficial that I'm still putting stuff out there? thing is with social media there's such a short lifespan on it um that i wouldn't say it's it's better to be visible than like just not put anything out there at all mm -hmm. um obviously if you can do a caption that's better than oh it's monday again it's so cloudy yeah. <laughs> um then that's that's good how did you know what uh, i'm writing <laughs> <laughs> You've actually got your document up on screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, if, if you can do better, please try. Mm -hmm. But with social media, there's such a short lifespan that I think visibility is most important. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know. Obviously, I would put more effort into website content, like blogs or whatever. And then from the blogs I had written, I would probably do extra more meaningful content but obviously right now i'm just want to make sure that there's at least something every day and then from that i can add on stuff because obviously we've got social media stuff from the podcast little inserts things like that but that's good does um so we were talking to lily, lily red again about ideal clients um you know, knowing who you serve is it important knowing that information you know moving forward in the content that you make a hundred percent like i said earlier there's casting the net wide and it's just not 
it's not realistic in terms of what's going to get you found online because you type in wedding photographer or wedding photographer UK and the amount of results you're going to get is millions. So by knowing who you want to target and what those people are searching in order to find their photographer or videographer, that's going to narrow it down so much that there's going to be less people targeting the same keywords and you're going to have a better chance of creeping up in the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to congratulate Emma Jane Photography for being uh, number one when I (laughs) Googled Wedding Photographer UK. I just want to say that. But that's also quite... Is that Google personalizes the search slightly to yourself? Does it not? Am I am I right in saying that? What is it? It can do with like location and stuff. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about creating content, and as wedding photographers and filmmakers, we're obviously spoiled for choice with the amount of images and hopefully good quality images you've got to share. So we all have loads of content, but. Is it also important to show yourself, like create your own content of your own face and put that out there? Does that oh dear. help with your brand? Oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> you are your brand. Yeah, definitely. You'll always see with like social media that you get so much more engagement when you post a picture of yourself than like one of your favorite images, which is always really quite hurtful. But it does work. It tells people, it shows people who you are, what they're going to get on the day that you're like third wheeling them for 10 hours. So it'd be nice to know who you are, um, especially when it's getting to know you a bit better because they want to like you. That's always helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, getting your personality across so your customers can be like, oh, we've got this, that and the other in common. They, they're really funny, we'll get along really well. Um, yeah. Is it still possible to create a faceless brand nowadays? Um, I remember, in fact, Greg, you might remember um, Tim? Tim from Valari? Yeah. Years ago. Yep. Years ago. He created a brand, and as part of his exit strategy, he would obviously take all of his images off his website. And and by the way, this is before TikTok. This is before a lot of things. This was like 10 years ago, maybe. Maybe less than that. Could be, but yeah. almost almost 10 years ago. Um, so the world has clearly changed. Um, but yeah, I always thought that was interesting with the idea of, well, you're going to be leaving. Well, his idea was he was going to sell the brand. So he wanted to remove himself off of it. And so it would become this Valari uh, faceless thing. And then he would be able to sell it. Can you still do that nowadays? And do you think that's, I mean, obviously that's an exit strategy, but could you do that with a whole brand? I think, personally, I think you would have a harder time these days because people want that face-to-face connection where like all we see these days is people like scrolling through reels of TikTok of like you say people dancing and pointing at words that aren't actually there um <laughs> so I think it's going to be so much harder and almost a little bit more like corporate uh-huh. like it could like you could be absolutely anyone you could be a whole team of 100 people people aren't really gonna know what it is that you're getting mm. 
Yeah. Is that is that the is that the trust aspect to having a brand that you were talking about earlier? I think so. Like knowing like things like having an about page on your website with like showing you, your face, it really helps build that connection. People go, oh, this is this is a real person. I like, especially if like you're a family photographer, you're just gonna meet this person in the woods somewhere. <laughs> you kind of want to know what they look like to make sure they're a real person. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like when you're selling something in Gumtree and you you go to meet the person at the front door, you're like, are you the person that's here to buy this? I, I don't know who you look like. <laughs> yeah, you, but, you don't want to be going to a shoot going, oh, are you the photographer? <laughs> but as you say, like, I remember posting a photo of us and seeing the engagement like three, four times as much as what mm. a normal still or wedding yeah. highlights film would get for us. And it's like, whoa, that's just... That's just us. Like, what? There's nothing special about it, but... It's a sex appeal, I assume It's a sex appeal. That's what it is. I assume it's because it usually gets your friends or your family liking it and commenting, and that lets the algorithms see that, oh, this is creating engagement. We'll show it to more people. Is that part of what's happening there? Yeah, I think so. So you always get, like, your pals commenting, like, oh, I love this photo of you. Um... And yeah, it does help give it a little bit of a boost. So that's always a good trick. If you see it, you're like, you've hit a bit of a engagement low, just chuck your face out there. <laughs> chuck your face out there. Worst to live by. Worst to live by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I remember back in the early days, it was just our, our mothers who were listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, it was never that dire. Um, although there was always a nice comment from, from your mum. Just my mum. Just your mum. <laughs> yeah. So what, there's, there's the obvious social media platforms and your website. Is there anywhere else that people should be sort of creating content for or trying to establish yourself to, to get seen by potential couples? So another really good one um, that we haven't mentioned today is Pinterest. Um, mm. I'm not a Pinterest itself expert, but it is so, so good for like repurposing that content and another way to get more eyes back to your website. So like if you're putting like your photos up there from a wedding, you just blogged, link that through to that blog. People are going to click, get way more eyes on your website, increase that visibility. It's so good. Yeah. Do, do you know any sort of Pinterest experts or anyone that, is putting out good information on that because I feel like it is one of those ones that it's a bit of a sleeper platform. People are forgetting about it. Yeah. But you always, you always hear people saying, Oh, you should be putting stuff on there. So is there anyone you know that's an expert in that? Yeah. Or, or even yeah. if you have knowledge, give us the knowledge because I have no <laughs> idea about Pinterest <laughs> whatsoever. What is it? I don't know. Some photographs every now and then. With a yeah, it's, it's a visual search engine. Okay. So it's like loads of images. You can put videos on there now because all content needs to be video. Um, and yeah, um, Rachel Emma Waring is, um, is like the ultimate Pinterest queen. She has like most classes and courses on them. She's so good. Um, and yeah, so get your blog posts, choose a few images from like your favorite of those blog posts, get them up there, link through to your new blog post. 
get mm. it done. Interesting. Yeah. It's nice to hear that video is a. Oh, sorry, I've just cut to Greg scratching his face. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's interesting to hear that video is now becoming better on Pinterest because I remember like that was just not a thing. Yeah, so that's, nice. that's main reason why we've sort of ignored it. It's yeah, not, it's not just laziness. Uh huh. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. When I say videos, I do mean like short form videos, like reels, TikToks, all of those like day in the life sort of how to things. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to be posting the whole uh, podcast episode, <laughs> one and a half to two hours long on Pinterest. <laughs> Although maybe we could. <laughs> um, yeah. Have platforms ever just changed their like how they are like what they are like i don't know I'm, I'm trying to think of like something that was like well i suppose instagram used to be just f- f- photos and then suddenly they're now pushing out the video content so that's about maybe that's similar sorry yeah instagram has been through a, a journey yeah okay yeah um maybe can you force a change because that's that's more instagram like telling you what you can put up there but would an audience be able to like force a change? What do you think, Greg? You'd need all the big players on the platform to change. Like YouTube sort of varies. It starts to go to, oh, we're going to start pumping out, pushing out long form content. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to start pushing this stuff. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it goes in waves, I think. Yeah, basically when they were like, oh, we're going to start pushing out long form content. And then we're like, yes, cool. We've got a long form content, uh, you know, long form podcast. Let's, let's put it on. And suddenly they just, they see us coming and they change. <laughs> uh, fun times. Uh, yeah. Do you think people should still be posting on like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of good stuff, Jody? Is that still viable? Yeah, I think Facebook, I think unless you've got like a really engaged audience, I think Facebook pages these days have sort of died a bit of a death. Um, Unless you're like paying for like that exposure, you're probably not going to see much out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know personally for me, it's always people that I seem to have gone to school with that they're like, hello, I haven't spoken to you in like 15 years. Can you shoot my wedding? I'm like, no. Um, but my personal opinion mantra is do what you can do consistently. I know there's so much like you need to be doing TikTok reels, carousels, like of like blog posts, really informative stuff, um, and write blog posts and pin do pins of everything. But like, it's so not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So like find what feels good for you and do it consistently. Don't try and put yourself the pressure on yourself to do everything all at once because it's just not it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Do you ever like post personal content out as part of your brand because it's obviously showing you you're a real person, the trust factor? Like do you ever go like I'm gonna put a pull fitness thing up and see what that does for your brand? Do you ever do that? Or is that too mixed? I do. It depends on like the platform, as you say, like if it's stuff like stories, then yeah, it's going to be there for 24 hours. It's more of like, I find stories are much more 
personal, like people like to be nosy, see what you're doing in the day. I think that's really good to sort of show that you're like a real person and not just someone that lives at a desk, even though we all are just people <laughs> that live at desks. Um, you that's- can pretend you've got a really good life on stories. Yeah. Oh man, that's why I don't. That's why I don't post anything. I'm like, I'll just look smartish for the podcast, and that'll be me. And then I'm just in my leggings and gym gear most of the time. Disappointing. Yeah. So it's really good if you've got a really exciting life. Um, But then I tend to not do it so much for like I don't ever do it on like my website and my blog because. Uh in my head that's like a long-term strategy thing and I'm not really going to get anything out of creating a really in-depth blog post about what I do on the weekends. Um, (laughs) Occasionally on the grid, if it's something nice, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mostly stick to like the really short, like quick stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess, because I know so many of us struggle with content creation what sort of content is good for your website say like what do you think people need to work on in terms of content for your website what's good all the informative how to's anything all the questions that people ask you like I get loads of questions from my clients who like dm me about like uh, what confetti should I get? Like, how do we? Do, how much should I get? All that sort of questions. Um, what do you need from us for like the group shots? And all of that is such good content that you can create because it's stuff that people are asking you. And if it also saves loads of time in the long run, because when they're like asking you questions at eleven o'clock on a Sunday, you can be like, "Here's a blog post, read it." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always really nice. Um, so yeah, just answer the questions that people are asking you and again if you're fairly new in the industry and people aren't asking you that those sort of questions yet heads the people also ask and yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting i i'm gonna address some of the filmmakers who listen to the podcast um the because co- i've thought about this like there is uh, an order in which potential clients or clients book suppliers and usually filmmakers right at the end so when we are writing a blog do you think we need to consider that order of things and just educate people on how to make their film good with the assumption that photographers have already done the whole educating clients about you know how to do a a confetti tunnel or a sparkler exit or like do do you think we need to think about that i think so i think any opportunity that you can get yourself found online whether it's ranking for these sort of queries or showing off like your expertise is always a brilliant opportunity Mm. okay i'm not i'm not sure that's a fair question though because for all and if you generalize, then yes, maybe sometimes videographers are later in the booking stage, but we get booked for some weddings a couple of years in advance and before photographer, or if you're True. thinking about an elopement, we get booked before they've chosen a spot or anything. So, mm. but I wouldn't say it's the, I wouldn't say it's 
commonplace for us to be booked first. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's certainly getting there, which is nice, which is nice. But yeah, if, but, if you're talking about elopements, then write blog posts about where to elope in Scotland because the potential couple will stumble across that, go, oh, this filmmaker must be an expert in that. And then all of a sudden, those they'll book you. Hmm. As easy as that. <laughs> as easy as that. Nice. Yeah, but don't let, don't leave content for other people to take charge on. Don't ever think like, oh, someone else will be more of an expert at that, so I'll leave for them to create that content. Because then that's so many clicks, impressions that you're missing out on. Like, mm. don't. You are the expert in what you know. So. Yeah. Yes, and yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, after listening to this episode. Should everyone just sit down and write down a hundred ideas for blog posts? Like how how do you plan out like what to what to write and when? So as things as Google is a bit of a slow burner and it can take six weeks, couple of months to start seeing pages ranking, start getting those clicks and impressions, think about the seasonality of what you want to write. So if you're talking about winter wedding tips, if you're, I did like a Valentine's day photo shoot and things like that, start like write them and publish them a good three months before, like they're like peak seasonality, give it the chance to start ranking. So when you're writing all your topics, think about when they'd be most relevant throughout the year. Oh, interesting. What happens if you say the Valentine's Day shoot? Say you did a shoot and you wrote a blog that was a couple, like couple of weeks, a few weeks before you've even had the images to post. Like, what what kind of visual in like what kind of visual images would you say to a a newcomer to use for writing this kind of content? Have I said content too many times? I'm not sure. <laughs> do do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for the people who don't have the visual content with the words and you need to create a blog post, you know, a month or two down the, like earlier, what kind of visual, like how they do it if it's like their first year or whatever? So I always say just go out and make the content that you want to promote. So I wanted a Valentine, some Valentine's Day photos. So I was a part of a Valentine's Day styled shoot that happened in like July. <laughs> so it was, it was well in advance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Creating the content that you want to be able to push out, that you want to be able to show off to attract that sort of thing is like the first step before you even start writing the post. Because mm-hmm. if you want to start showing off all of that stuff to write about it, you kind of have to have the content. So I'd say content first. Yeah, that's cool. Do do you do that with a lot of shoots? Like, and and now people are like, "Oh my god, you know someone's editing the next year's Marks and Spencer's Christmas ad already." Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you start thinking about that. That gets really insane. Should we be doing that for like Christmas? Should we be doing that for Valentine's Day? Obviously, you mentioned. Uh, well, the special days are there. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, again, it depends on the sort of thing you... It depends on the content you want to make out of your content. So 
So if you want the pictures for Instagram, for things like that, much more immediate, like that instant gratification, then that's fine. You can do it whenever you can get the edits done by, but Uh you may have missed the boat in terms of getting that content ranking for next Christmas. If you're doing that Christmas shoot. Yeah. Writing a blog about Christmas weddings the week before Christmas, you're not going to see the same results than you would if you published it October. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So then let's talk about the, the kind of software or apps that someone might use. Do you have a list of apps that are going to help people? Well, have we, did we mention planning apps for planning? Did we mention that? I can't remember. Greg. I don't think we've talked about planning. You mentioned Yoast at some point. Yoast. Yeah. yeah. So anything that can help software or apps that can help us um, create more content, publish the content. Like what, in fact, what are your, your go-to, you know, what's your go-to workflow from planning to, you know, right through to publishing for so content? planning, you figure out what you want to even talk about. So again, that's things like people also ask, um, answer the public, those sort of topic finding things. Um, and then it's looking up your keywords because without knowing what keywords you're targeting, you're not really going to be targeting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are loads of different keyword research tools out there. My personal favorite is Google Keyword Planner because that comes straight from the source. There's not going to be any messing around there, but there are loads of other ones. Um, Ahrefs have one, things like SEMrush, loads of keyword research tools out there. So just have a research, have a play, see what you like. Very cool. Um, then when it comes to writing, I just write it and then optimize it as I go using things like Yoast, but there'll be loads of different like similar tools depending on what website platform you are because obviously Yoast is for WordPress. Um, there are AI writing tools out there um, that I have used and experimented before, but again, it might write stuff for you, but it's going to need heavy editing. So for me personally, I just write myself. Mm. Um, and then there are a few like image optimization tools out there, which again, we're going to have huge files typically because we're professionals. Um, so there are loads of websites like tiny JPEG, um, compressor.io for compressing your images and an app called smush or a plugin called smush for WordPress. Um, and yeah. That's my like general workflow. Cool. All right. And you'll hear more about that at Thrive. And we're not going to talk any more about SEO or content creation. Come to Thrive, buy your tickets. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all SEO and website stuff at Thrive. There's shoot sessions as well. So what's what's a shoot session with you going to look like? Are Are you going to do any sort of optimization sessions at all is it all is it shoot sessions just so i i'm not allowed outside because i'm the i'm the seo nerd (laughs) so i'm not actually doing a shoot i am gonna be working with people on their websites so you can get a one-to-one with me and we'll sit down together i'll 
tear your website to pieces in the nicest possible way <laughs> and just ruin your day basically give you a massive to-do list and you'll come away knowing what you need to do to get your website found online nice i mean that's that's really how you develop yourself you get other people to tear you down so there's nothing <laughs> left and when you're <laughs> when you're in a pile of your own tears and self-loathing you get someone like jory to come on by make you feel better after having destroyed you <laughs> show, show you what's how well. we work so well isn't it yes that's you right just tear each other apart and then yes oh frog we loving hug that's right <laughs> <laughs> That's basically my whole plan for Thrive. I'm just going to make people cry and then offer them a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. You know, I was actually fully expecting you, Jordy, to be like, oh, yes, yeah, so I've got this Easter-themed shoot because, you know, you got a content create early. March is too close to Easter. Oh, you're right. Oh, it is too close. <laughs> what would be the next holiday? I thought Easter's, like, technically already begun. It was Pancake Day yesterday. Yeah. I it's know. <laughs> I know. And and just for our pal over there in the corner, Miss A- Ashley Baxter, <laughs> happy Ash Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, people. We're back to the days where we just randomly call out our friends who are in the office because they're there and we're not stuck in a little booth. Um, so, and, and starting to wrap up, what we've got a few questions that we always ask what's in your kit bag for 2023 Ooh. Ooh, so i am at the moment uh canon for 5d mark 4 gal but i am toying with the idea of finally jumping on the mirrorless boat and getting an r6 right woof 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 yeah cool yeah so i'm currently like there's one in my in my basket at the moment and i'm just like willing myself to <laughs> press that button and finally make that leap into the you know modern day oh do it do it why not and would you would you be overhauling everything would it be a whole new set of rf lenses no i think i'd I'd have to just get the adapter and dip my toe in and see how i feel before you know i'm there's too much change and i just start like hyperventilating and crying (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's fair enough and it's probably safer on your bank balance as well because those rf lenses are very expensive oh i love this job (laughs) (laughs) everything's just really expensive yeah from what from what i've heard though using the adapter on the mirrorless camera it, some people say it almost gives their ef lenses a new lease of life and they're like better than they were before that's interesting yeah yeah so jory hmm. ef adapter yeah. could be the way forward i'll let you know we're, yeah. we're just trying to make her hit that buy button bye bye do it live on the podcast do it live on the podcast oh amazing so also one of the other questions we like to ask is, have you any book recommendations, either could be photography book or if you've got any SEO type books that are good or just whatever you're reading, what, what would you recommend for people? So I, I'm a bit of like a boring business and like workflowy kind of girl. So at the moment I'm listening to Atomic Habits. I can't remember who it's by though. But James, I know that James Clear. Like, I think it's James Clear. Yeah. I think loads of people are like, oh my God, it'll change your life. And it's, it's all right. Um, and what have I read? Um, working hard, hardly working, which for someone that doesn't really have a work-life balance, it's really nice <laughs> to sort of see what I should be doing. Mm. 
Yeah. I just uh, Googled Atomic Habits, Greg, and you're absolutely right. James Clear, well done. You win a point. Well Thank you. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, mm. I, I think when I first read it, I was like, right, I'm going to really implement some of this stuff. And I did, but I'm not sure if I'm still implementing it. Or if I am, it's subconscious. Those those habits aren't very atomic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what does uh, Atomic Habits actually mean? Like deep, deep down habits that you can't let go of. Really, like tiny habits, like tiny because they're like atomic size. Atomic, I mean, tiny. What you mean? Like like just creating little habits that all compound and build up to have a better impact. And I need an example, people. Throw throw an example at me. Um, Keeping your phone away from your bed so when your alarm goes off in the morning, you actually get out of bed and don't just like snooze. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you already stood up. You might as well go do your life. Yeah. Don't just That's yeah, right. Like habit stacking. All right. Habit stacking. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, is this? Um, is there a quote in there about what's the difference between a successful person and a not successful person? It's the person who implements tiny changes. You know what I mean? Probably. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, Any, what else have you been reading? What's, oh, yeah. what, what other influences, Jodie? That's, yeah, that's kind of it. I got like really out of the habit of reading and my like New Year's resolution is part of my, like I need to look after my mind and body. So oh. yeah, I've only just like gotten back into reading, but it's nice. Yeah. Atomic Habit, there you go. Have a book close to you so you're always wanting to read or even, you just can. <laughs> there's one. There's one. Um, any TV shows that you're watching? Or, or well, we've talked about video games. Um, mm. Yeah, anything you're we enjoying? Have, we were a little bit late to the party, but we just finished Wednesday, which we absolutely Freaking love yeah, that show. Good. Have we talked about that in the podcast? So good. It's so, so good. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like a mix of teenage trash and like actual murder mystery. It's great. Yes. Yes. It's very good. Um, funnily enough, uh, after the last episode of the podcast, I've been seeing, and I've forgotten the TV show that you, I've forgotten it. Oh, oh my God. I see a poster for it. Every dog walk, uh, the Yorkshire or oh, the British one. Yeah. Uh, Happy Valley. Happy Valley. That's right. Yeah. So I see that. So I don't know if it's any good. It looks good though. The production value looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anyone been to the movies? I've not been to the movies in years. Oh, I went on Sunday and I saw the new Ant-Man. Oh, oh, how was it? No spoilers. (laughs) That's all right. Oh, no, that's (laughs) what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Damn it, Jody. (laughs) Okay, okay. I mean, that's, is that like the unofficial start of the next phase? Yeah. Okay. I think... I'm just a bit Marvel fatigued after everything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Especially all the TV shows. I feel like it's the TV shows that have done it. Like, I really enjoy the TV shows, don't get me wrong. But after Endgame, there just seemed to be just a lot. I suppose there were, there were a lot of movies as well, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. A, bit, a little bit fatigued. Mm. Um, and a little bit gutted that, you know, DC haven't done anything that particularly good with their amazing superhero lineup. I mean, I know James Cameron's working on it. 
I mean, when was the last time DC did anything that was good? Uh, well, good. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, there was that moment at the end. Oh, no, I can't say. Can I spoil it? Black Adam? Can I? No, I wouldn't spoil it. I won't spoil Black spoil. Adam. But obviously we know that they're not reusing Henry Cavill as Superman. That was the last really offensive thing to me. I was like, mm. right, that's it. You're done. Nope, no more. And then obviously you've got all the... Um, the the fun moral gray area of even watching something like the flash which is coming out because of the actor that i can't remember oh god yeah Ezra, somebody can't remember uh, anyway yeah I, let me know if you're watching the flash and um if you had even thought of not watching it because of all of the badness because you're a bad man apparently so yeah i'd be interested to hear down in the comments uh, let me know, um, Jody. For for newcomers out there, what give us one piece of advice that they can implement in their business right now? Go create some content, help people, inform people, educate people. It's the best thing you can do for your brand. Wonderful. Just do it. Yeah. Just, Just do, do it. it. Get off your lazy butt. And make some content, people. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, this is, this is part of the reason I make people cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Is your... Se- what's it called? Session? Your, your, your Thrive session? Not shoot session. Not <laughs> shoot session. My not shoot session. Yeah. Is that... Uh, still tickets available? Yeah, there are still slots available. Everyone obviously wants to go do the shiny content creation ones instead of getting verbally abused by me <laughs> in, in, in the hotel. So, yeah, if you're feeling brave, come get a site audit done. We'll go through your website together. We'll create a plan of action and I'll show you like the ins and outs of what you need to do. Hell yeah. You know, I, I think we all need to do that. We all need to have a look at what we're what we're you know putting out there, especially our website. Yep. Let's all make sure our websites are fucking top notch. This should be the year for websites and just hundred percent. Um, you can't trust Instagram these days. So yeah, you know, way too many photographers on there. Am I right, Greg Zuckerberg? You can't yes. try and make everybody pay for a subscription. That's right. <laughs> Got to pay for a blue tick now. A blue tick. Yeah. Is that is that not on Twitter? Is that Instagram Zuckerberg as well? just announced it as well, yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Ugh, more like Zuckerberg. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> anyway, Jody, thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. I have had something today that's not, <laughs> not affecting me right. Jody, thank you very much for uh, being with us today. Where can people find you online? So I, for my wedding stuff, I'm at Jodie Mitchell Weddings. And then for my um, my SEO stuff, I am at Nowhere to Number One. Awesome. Definitely go give her a like and a follow, people. I think Jodie would appreciate that. Uh, or even just comment below and tell us how awesome Jodie is. Or if she's made you cry in the past, I definitely want to hear your stories of <laughs> tears and misery. Have you been publicly victimized by me? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I wonder, 
could you claim that on insurance? I'd have to ask Ashley that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Emotional damage. Emotional yeah. damage. There you go. <laughs> and uh, people can find us online at cinematefilms.co.uk on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, come and join us on YouTube. Hopefully you're watching already, but if you're a listener, we'd really appreciate you going over to the YouTube channel and, and hitting subscribe and liking or even just commenting. I love when people comment. Uh, I have really gotten into a good habit of just like, you know, commenting on, you know, other podcasts. By the way, Sam Docker and Igor uh, Demba, their podcast is great. And they need more views like we need more views. <laughs> They've maybe even got higher numbers than us. Anyway, another idea, go and like, follow and share their content because it's really good. Uh, really fun to listen to. Plus, those are the last two guests of the Thrive yep. mentors to attack with our Coming words. Soon. <laughs> Coming soon. So, yeah, very excited. Um, yeah, this episode has been brought to you by photography farm in anticipation of thrive 2023 that's happening on the 20 20th and 21st of march in brighton and the 23rd and 24th of march in glasgow that's a month greg getting close lisa already put the the it's a month to thrive who's excited and it's so nice to see people who um are like i'm i'm coming to brighton or i'm coming to glasgow but i don't know anyone yeah you know let me up with people definitely hell's you can you can like us and then you can unfollow us if you want after but like if you want to hang out chat to us all cool pals all cool hope to see you there six incredible speakers hopefully we've got to know them a little bit better with the podcast shoot sessions so you can see your heroes in action not jody but she's a she's a keyboard hero uh <laughs> lunch and snacks are provided it's held in two super cool boutique hotels you get a killer goodie bag and a chance to hang out with your in industry peers come along i freaking can't wait um if you love this episode, you can hit that subscribe button on the YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Perspective by Cinemate uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can, leave a review. We would very much like to hear uh, what you actually think about this podcast. And if you think I'm lying, no, because I made changes to this podcast because one person on YouTube was <laughs> like, can you stop talking about coffee? It's really boring. So yeah. now we don't talk about so coffee. Now, now we need everybody to leave reviews saying, bring back the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone cares about what we're drinking, but it was lovely. Good coffee tar cartel Brazilian today. Anyway. Oh. That one person's going to come back now and be like, I told you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, leave a review, please. Or just let us know. Engage. Engage in the comments. We love it. However. In the meantime. Enjoy your Thrive. <laughs>